Welcome to another episode of Ecoville, your weekly podcast that promotes environmental conservation. I'm your host, Nosigele Lokwaka. Today on the program, we will be discussing the National Tree Planting Day, which is the Forestry Commission's flagship campaign. The day is commemorated every year on the first Saturday of December to motivate the nation to plant and conserve trees, to enlighten the nation on the importance of forest and woodlands resources, to enhance biodiversity, to also enhance household food security and to mitigate the impact of climate change. To discuss this matter further, we are joined by the Commission's Information and Communications Manager, Violet Makoto. Welcome to the program, Violet. Thank you very much, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, let's uh, go into it. Uh, Our first question is, can you please tell us about the Commission's mandate and the importance of the National Tree Planting Day? Thank you very much. Yes, uh, the Forestry Commission is a parastatal, or maybe just put it lightly, it's a, it's a state entity with uh, the mandate to be the forestry authority in the country. By that, I mean that uh, we are to oversee the conservation of uh, the forests and um, the associated uh, forest resources. Uh, I think, um, well, uh, pre-independence, I'm sure the Forestry Commission's mandate was more of a preservationist uh, kind of institution where you were uh, avoiding the, you know, the usage of forest and forest resources, to, so to speak. But we have since evolved into a conservationist uh, institution where we are championing the sustainable utilization of forest and forest resources. Because uh, at the end of the day, when the forests exist, uh, like in a country like Zimbabwe, they are supposed to stand there to benefit uh, the communities. So when communities are involved in uh, the protection of such resources, they should also, in a way, benefit uh, from their conservation. That's where the element of sustainable utilization comes in, where they are using, they are uh, using but not destroying, and uh, that uh, resource is available even for future generations to utilize in the same manner. So that's our mandate, really. And um, to actually fulfill that mandate, uh, the structure of the commission then stands as uh, some divisions that have specific activities that they provide to the country. I think the major one will be the conservation and extension division. And as the name suggests, I'm sure you know what uh, that division does. It's mainly to do with the conservation of existing forests. And you'll find that these divisions operations are mostly uh, in the Matabilaland north uh, part of the country, uh, parts of Midlands as well, where we have our gazetted uh, forests. Uh, these are the natural forests, the indigenous forests that exist where you get your mokwa, you get your teak, uh, you get all these hardwood uh, timber species growing naturally. And then uh, the extension side is where we are now working with communities in the communal areas where we are advocating for good practices in the utilization of forest resources. That's where you find uh, us doing our tree planting activities. That's where you find us doing our woodland management uh, activities, imparting our knowledge and technical expertise on how to live in harmony with our forest and forest resources, using them but not destroying them. And then we also have uh, the research and training division, research uh, that is forestry related 
it's specific to forestry where we are looking at how they can look uh, at growing trees in a sustainable manner or we've been actually involved in hybridization of some exotic species of trees to get you know trees that have properties that um adapt well to, to the climatic conditions of Zimbabwe. So we've registered successes again in that division where we've managed to come up with hybrid trees that are used specifically in the commercial timber industry. And uh, the training aspect then refers to our training of people who then become foresters. And this is through our colleges that are located in Manikaland. Uh, that's the Forest Industry Training, Col uh, training Center and the Zimbabwe College of Forestry. You'll find these two colleges existing in Manikaland, which is the hub of the commercial timber industry as well. Of course, then for us to survive as an institution, we also have uh, a subsidiary company that we call Gamo Safaris, which is basically a revenue generating unit involved in safari operations uh, in Matebeleland North. Of course, when you have got uh, well-preserved well-conserved forest resources, you then also then to look at the non-consumptive way of utilizing those resources and hence our establishment of Ngamo Safaris, which operates some lodges, some hunting safaris as a way of generating revenue, which is plowed back into conservation activities. So that's basically the outline of the Forestry Commission. And through those structures, we managed to, to, you know, to, to fulfill our mandate is as to how we were given by the government. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that wholesome explanation on the mandate of the commission. Uh, we also want to know what is the importance of the National Tree Planting Day? Well, I think you spoke very well glowingly about that campaign in your introduction to the program. In a nutshell, yes, exactly as you've put it, that's the importance of the National Tree Planting Day. We give the country that day when all the focus is on that need to afforest the country, the need to reforest the country. Uh, I'm emphasizing on those two different um, words because they mean different things. Afforestation uh, is where we are introducing trees to an area that previously didn't have trees. Reforestation, we are putting back, replacing maybe where we have lost uh, the trees or, or, or the forests, uh, so to speak. Mm. So we, we have that day set aside every year where we want the whole country to be focusing on it. But in essence, that day as well is the launch of the tree planting season in itself. Uh, we have so many questions coming from people that why do you only have one day in a year that you're focusing on tree planting? The National Tree Planting Day actually is the launch of the season in its entirety. Because we, as soon as we start receiving the rains, we are already in the tree planting season until the last drop of the rains are, well, early next year. So that's a day when usually we have the the, uh, the president himself, uh, you know, who is the patron of the National Tree Planting Day since 1980, so to speak, uh, launching the season and opening it up for the various institutions that want to participate, the individuals who want to do that in their own capacity, in their homes, whatever, in their communities. So the National Tree Planting Day is that day when we are, you know, 
launching the season. And from then on, we can continue until the rains stop. So that's the importance of the National Tree Planting Day. And uh, we take advantage of uh, the rainy season so that we do extensive tree planting. Ordinarily, a person can plant a tree anytime, anywhere, any day. Mm -hmm. But because we're in the rainy season, we take advantage of that situation where people can plant extensively without the need for them to then uh, go back and water the trees nature will be taking care of itself. Uh, so this is why our day presents during the, in, uh, you know, the beginning of the rainy season mm -hmm. so that we have a whole three, four months ahead of us where trees can establish well and then survive uh, uh, going forward even after the, the rainy season. So it's uh, carefully put uh, during that time in December, the first Saturday of December, so that we extensively plant trees at the, initial, at the very beginning of, uh, of, of the tree planting season, of the rainy season, so to speak. And uh, afforestation is very key, especially looking at uh, what we are going through as a country right now. We are registering a deforestation rate of 262,000 hectares per annum. That's a huge loss. Yeah. Uh, and considering all the uses, uh, the, of the, there are various reasons why people are, are, you know, are cutting down trees or why we are losing our forests. But uh, we say instead of trying to play the blame game, let's uh, put it to action. And regardless of who's cutting, who's doing what, let's all stand on one thing to replace what we've lost. Uh, and this is not to say that tree planting alone is what can replace. It's complementary to other conservation activities that will be happening, especially in uh, in our indigenous forests. Mm -hmm. So yes, uh, that's the importance of the National Tree Planting Day. And I think back then when it started in 1980, it didn't have as much importance as it has now because you will agree with me that back then there wasn't that much exploitation of our forest resources. But now we are seeing it every day. Big trees are being cut down, forests are being destroyed, which means that day, that campaign, that season, the tree planting season is actually risen to more prominence and more importance going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, you've actually uh, spoken, answered actually my next question, which was going to be, when was the inception of the National Tree Planting Day, which you said was in the 80s. From, from the 80s to now, how many trees have you managed to plant from the inception of the program? Well, that's a bit of a difficult question to answer, particularly for some of us who will join the Forest Commission later on in life. Sure. But what I know is uh, since, since its inception in 1980, I think the first National Tree Planting Day uh, was actually on the 6th of December in 1980. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, like I was mentioning earlier that back then it was one of these ceremonies that, you know, it feel good ceremonies. People mm -hmm. just do it. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it. We were not losing that much at that time. Mm -hmm. So tree planting was just happening probably ceremoniously. I'm not sure how they were doing it there, mm -hmm. but I think from as, um, as we got to around 2005, things started happening in the country. Uh, we were losing more and more forests. Um, the importance of tree planting took center stage. And uh, we started giving the country like annual targets 
to our tree planting campaigns. Mm. I remember there were ta- there were years when there was a five million tree target. Mm-hmm. There were years when there would be an eight million tree targets over the years. But uh, as we speak right now, this season we are saying we want twenty five million. So we see we are increasing in our targets for tree planting because we are increasing in our exploitation of the forest mm-hmm. and we are ex- increasing in our rate of deforestation. So the targets will keep on increasing. But for us to actually tally from 1980 until now. But what I can just say is uh, whoever came up with the national tree planting back then was quite visionary Mm -hmm. because uh, whatever they were seeing then is what we are experiencing now. The devastating loss that we are experiencing uh, of our forest resources now, which means there is more attention that is required. I think it's safe to say that if we had not started, if we had not initiated on tree planting activities back then, probably Zimbabwe wouldn't have forests to talk about right now. So the regulations that exist to guide uh, the utilization of forests, plus those activities of national tree planting, they have existed to safeguard that resource, even for us right now and for future generations. Okay, so in the years that you've been there at the Forestry Commission, have you been able to meet your targets for the season? Uh, it's been uh, yeah it's yeah sometimes we've managed to, to to reach our targets or even surpass them uh, for that matter but uh, of course we've had challenges here and there right now we are talking of the issues of climate change and forests are rising prominently again is uh, the solution to to to, to on the mitigatory factor to the impacts of climate change. But also the same climate change has affected even our seasons. Sometimes we've experienced shorter uh, shorter rainy seasons, which means that sometimes we have to stop planting even before we've reached our target. I think there are years when we've experienced that way. We've had shortfalls in our targets. Maybe instead of planting 10 million, we ended up planting 8 million. And, uh, you know, so it's, it hasn't been really uh, consistent in our achievements. Sometimes we've, uh, we've fallen short in our achievements sometimes. So those are some of the things that have affected our achievement uh, on the set targets. But it has been good because normally when we set a target, if we achieve 65% to us, we register that as a success. And I think over the past um, eight or so years, we've been managing to, to, to get to that uh, percentage. So my next question is, I understand that every year there is a particular tree that you choose for the season. And I want to know the name of the tree that was chosen for this planting season and why was that particular tree chosen? Uh, I think to answer the question why uh, is derived from uh, the background of us starting that side campaign where we have uh, a, a tree of the year every year. I think we started on this one around about 2005 as well, uh, where we took into consideration the fact that uh, w- there's a high possibility that we could lose our indigenous tree species. Um, I'm talking here of uh, like total extinction due to exploitation. So that's when we started with this tree of the year, which always uh, is an indigenous tree, a tree that is indigenous to Zimbabwe or indigenous to Africa. So since then we've been uh, propping up one selected uh, indigenous tree, which we promote to the status of uh, tree of the year. And uh, during that, uh, the tree planting season, we'll be giving as much information as we can 
about that tree and also promoting the widespread propagation of that uh, particular species. So to answer the first question on which tree uh, is this season's uh, tree of the year, it would be the msekesa. Msekesa, that's the, the Shona name. Uh, in English, it's called uh, camel's foot or monkey bread. And uh, in Devele, it's called Ihabahaba. Uh, and then the botanical name is Apiliostigma toninyi. That's our tree of the year for 2021. And uh, we've already started spreading a lot of information about that tree. We've uh, come up with posters around it. We've come up with uh, brochures around it. Uh, we're giving it out to school children. We've shared it on social media so that there is so much knowledge that exists as to what we have in terms of our indigenous tree species across the country. All right. Uh, it's good that you're using your platform to promote indigenous trees. I also wanted to ask, how does an individual like myself participate in the national tree planting season? Uh, that's quite easy, you know, because wherever you are, you can take it upon yourself to, to plant your tree to plant your trees, which is what we encourage. I know there is this belief that uh, you can only plant trees at these ceremonies, these mm -hmm. gatherings that uh, are organized by Forestry Commission. But at the end of the day, any tree planted anywhere will contribute uh, to, 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 to the set target and will, con will contribute to, to, you know, to, to the replenishment of uh, the forest land cover, so to speak. So any tree planted, whether it's at your home or where, wherever in your community, at your church, at your school, wherever, any person can participate in the national tree planting campaign. And uh, we are not saying that everyone should, uh, you know, be at a particular gathering for them to also plant trees. It can be done from anywhere. I know this past weekend, it was an issue of ceremony where we had the National Tree Planting Day happening in Berengwa, where we had the president planting his tree to officially launch the National Tree Planting Season. And we also had the provincial events that were happening simultaneously, uh, headed by the ministers of state for provincial affairs and devolution. And uh, it, they were also leading in their provincial camp campaigns, launching uh, the tree planting, tree planting season at, uh, at provincial level. But for those who cannot be part of those big gatherings, we've seen a lot of people sharing their pictures uh, of what they did during that day in their communities at home. This is what we encourage that everybody just finds space to do something, to give that uh, that campaign focus, to give that day focus wherever they are, no matter how they do it. At the end of the day, what we just want is for trees to be planted. And it can be any tree that is of value to you, your fruit tree at home, your shed tree at home, mm -hmm. whatever purpose you want that tree to serve. A tree at the end of the day is a tree. And uh, when we are talking of uh, the climate change mitigation role, of trees and forests, the minute you plant a tree, you have actually created a carbon sink. So each tree is equally important wherever it is planted. All right. So besides the National Tree Planting Day, what other programs has the commission put in place to encourage tree planting? 
Okay, so in terms of the key commemorative days that we have, I think this is the big one. You highlighted that in the end, that this is our flagship campaign. Mm. But uh, as soon as uh, we, f- we, we, we end the tree planting season, which is around March, thereabouts, we then have another important day that we call the International Day of Forest. It's a global commemoration in which we value as well as Zimbabwe because uh, that's a day when we are actually acknowledging that, thank you, Zimbabwe, you planted so many trees But uh, the job has started. It's not just about planting trees. It's about nurturing the trees to see that they they, they mature, they survive and mature to a point where they can start offering the services that we so need uh, and are derived from the forest and from the trees and forests. So the International Day of, Day of Forest is another key day for us where we are actually uh, then spreading awareness on the importance of the conservation of the planted trees. So those are the two key campaigns that we have in a year. But over and above that, we still have our day-to-day activities that we carry out in the communities through the conservation uh, that, that I talked about, the extension services that we offer. We have different um, community projects that we 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 train our communities on that are strategies at forest conservation so the job is never done when uh, we, we have completed the tree planting season it's actually going on because every tree planted then deserves to be taken care of and we see to it that that tree matures and starts offering the the the, the services that we require uh, from the forest it could be our everyday uses or the ecological services that uh, the, uh, the, the trees serve. So what are the environmental benefits of planting trees? They are so general. I think um, even when, we, 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 when we're going to, to preschool even, mm. we would learn on the basics of the importance of trees, that trees provide oxygen. I think that's the most important thing and uh, as it is uh, related to our survival uh, as human beings. But uh, the uses of trees are broader, even over and above the provision of oxygen. Uh, We are talking of uh, trees and forests as a way of us getting our water. Uh, They serve purposes of uh, catchment area protection. You'll find uh, many areas where you have fragile soils and stuff. If you have trees, uh, you know, growing in those areas, you don't face so much siltation happening because the roots bind the soil together and, uh, you know, reduces the rate of erosion, so to speak. So that's a very key role that forests play as well. And uh, right now, as we are talking of, uh, I mean, I think what's topical right now is the issue of climate change, and I've alluded to it earlier that forests play a very important role in climate change mitigation. Uh, One, from the fact that, uh, as I highlighted, when you plant trees or or as trees and forests stand, they're actually carbon sinks as they are. But the minute you cut down trees, you are actually releasing the carbon back into the atmosphere, which then affects uh, the ozone layer. So in planting trees, you're actually creating those carbon sinks and in conserving the trees, you're actually maintaining them as such as carbon sinks. And then you also look at how forests help in actually food and, uh, food and nutrition security for communities. Right now we are experiencing erratic weather patterns. We have uh, heavy rainfalls that are destroying crops. We have sometimes long droughts that are affecting even our agriculture. But you'll find that there are communities who still derive their livelihoods out of the forest. Because when the crops fail, 
people can resort to to, to, to to food and other things that they can get from the forest. So in as much as that is also an environmental uh, contribution, it is also a livelihood contribution where it's taking care of the food and security needs of our different communities around. So there are wide uses of our forests, but the bottom line is every day that we live, every day that we breathe, it is because of a tree. So that's essentially the importance of our forests and the importance of our trees. Right. Uh, you know, tobacco farming is contributing to a loss of trees as the farmers cut down trees to cure their harvest. What mitigatory measures are being put in place by the commission to curb the cutting down of trees by farmers? Yes, uh, you are right. Uh, that has been an area of concern for us as Forestry Commission uh, as we find more and more people embarking on, um, on on tobacco farming as a as a livelihood venture, uh, yes, we acknowledge that um, tobacco farming brings in a lot of foreign currency. But if it is not done sustainably, it could also be an expense in terms of our environment and in terms, particularly, of our forests and forest resources. So what we have done is um, we have uh, come up with. Uh, is a response, a response strategy that is specifically targeted at tobacco farmers. We're calling this the Tobacco Wood Energy Program, where we are promoting the planting of uh, almost renewable uh, sources of uh, source of, uh, of fewer wood for tobacco curing. I'm saying almost renewable because these are these are trees. We are promoting the planting of fast-growing species of trees. Uh, for example, the eucalyptus, the gum trees, so that if a farmer sets aside a piece of land and they establish their own woodlot of that fewer wood, in a few years, they can be cutting down from their own plantings for tobacco curing. This is generally to reduce pressure on the indigenous forests, which are highlighted that are more important to us. They are of more value to us because one, this uh, is the livelihood of many of our indigenous species, our flora and fauna, so to speak. Uh, and uh, the destruction of them has got a wider effect than maybe the use of our exotic tree species. So what the Tobacco Wood Energy Program is essentially doing is it's promoting the planting of fast growing exotic species of trees that can be used for tobacco curing instead of cutting down our our indigenous our indigenous trees like the msasa for instance imagine a person cutting down a 50 year old msasa tree just for tobacco curing will go through a lifetime without anyone seeing that tree maturing back to the same uh, level of a, a, a maturity that uh, you would want to see it in a lifetime so that's one of our responses to the issue of uh, the impacts of uh, tobacco growing on Zimbabwe's forest resources. And uh, it has been widely accepted, especially in the commercial tobacco farming sector. We are still um, working on getting it uh, more affected in the small scale uh, communal areas who, uh, where there's also the growing of, uh, of tobacco. I think because generally there's the issue of uh, the space to, 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 to for them to set aside, uh, you know, you know, land for, 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 for establishing woodlots. So there we are targeting them with a community woodlot, so to speak, where they come together as tobacco farmers and they set aside a piece of land that they can communally harvest from for the same purpose. So that's, those are the inroads we are making towards addressing 
the direct impacts of uh, tobacco growing on the or, or, or on the state of forests in the country. Uh, I think that when that program initially started, it was it was just a program that we are rolling out in communities, but it has since been uh, co-opted into statutory in, in, into, into legislation through the statutory instrument 112 of 2012, which actually mandates a tobacco farmer to set aside a 0.5 hectare minimum of uh, of their land and uh, you know commit it to setting up a woodlot for their own tobacco curing. So that's uh, I think the the best strategy that we've come up with to address. I think people will start seeing its uh, its impacts as we go. I think even right now, if a person travels in uh, 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 outside Harare. Along Chinoy, going to Urungwe, Karoi, up there, they will see some woodlots that are sprouting up of, uh, of eucalyptus trees. That's part of that tobacco wood energy program. And this is a program that has also received uh, a, a, a government support. And uh, as we are now accessing what is being called the afforestation fund, which is levied on uh, tobacco farmers as they sell. Their, their tobacco every season and it is uh, plowed back into afforestation. So that's the cycle of it. Uh, it started as just an ordinary program, but it is also now part of, of legislation which uh, we are enforcing in the communities. Okay, it's, it's actually interesting to hear that you've actually put in place mitigatory measures that are actually helping to, sell, to save our forests. So, so lastly, Violet, uh, the commission has been working together with the police to stop poachers from cutting down trees. Uh, what's the name of this program and how successful has it been in deterring members of the public from cutting down trees? Uh, I think you are referring to a particular operation that we carried out around August, September. Mm. Uh, in essence, our regulatory activities happen every day. We actually have a unit that is dedicated to regulations and enforcement of, uh, of, of existing uh, legislation. Uh, as Forestry Commission, we are guided by the Forest Act, uh, Chapter 1905, and we also make use of the Communal Land Forest Produce Act, uh, Chapter 19.04. Those two acts both highlight that it is illegal to cut down trees for any purpose. So what we were doing through that place is just to give highlight to our regulatory activities, which we do ordinarily every day. But, uh, you know, sometimes people tend to relax and think and, you know, the forest, the trees are there for their everyday exploitation. So sometimes we just come up with these blitzes to wake up people that know, in as much as sometimes we don't catch you, don't think it is legal to go about cutting down trees, to go about selling forest-based products. There's actually legislation that guides that. So we had that bliss that we were calling uh, Operation WUNIZABVP. Uh, to translate that into English, where did you get the firewood? Because obviously it's not legal. That's basically what we were saying. So we were going, I think we've seen a lot of selling of fire uh, of firewood, firewood vending along the highways and things like that. Those are the people we were targeting just to remind them that in as much as they can be getting away with such activities, they're actually criminal because we, our laws do not uh, condone such, such activities. So yes, uh, that's the operation we're running out, but not to say that we're only doing it as a program for that particular time. This is part of our everyday activities, but we just managed to, to co-opt uh, our other, you know, 
um, agencies that were helping us in pro in providing the much needed awareness that these are actual criminal activities. We had environmental management agency working with us. We had the ZRP working with us during that place. Ordinarily, we do that every day through our regulations unit, but we were just propping it up into a blitz so that we reach out to as many people as possible with the awareness. At the end of the day, even if we, we, we there's this common saying that, igno that, that uh, ignorance is no defense uh, in the court of law. So sometimes you find people who say, I didn't know that uh, it's illegal to cut down trees. I didn't know it's illegal to sell, you know, forest-based products, especially the firewood. But then we are saying we took the opportunity to educate you on it. If you missed the education, next time that you, are caught, you get caught on the wrong side of the law, you cannot blame us for not, uh, you know, spreading the awareness to you. So we come up with, we seasonally come up with such campaigns so that we don't have people saying we don't know that this is illegal. It's just to remind each other of the laws that exist that guide the use of our forests and, and the associated resources. Okay, as a follow-up to your answer, how successful has this program been? Uh, well, in terms of success, it's difficult to gauge because uh, right now, we are fighting a war of uh, us wanting to, 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 to fulfill our mandate and people talking about their livelihoods. Uh, the, the, looking at some of the, these issues is uh, their livelihood options. You'd find somebody saying, I'm not working. I survive uh, through selling charcoal. I don't work. I, I, I feed my family through sale of firewood. But, uh, you know, it's... At the end of the day, we have a mandate to carry out as, uh, as an organization. We have a government mandate to carry out. Uh, barring any other impacts that uh, communities can be facing, we still need to deliver on our mandate. Like right now, I'm sure there's been an upsurge in the use of firewood due to the energy challenges, uh, you know, especially in urban areas, as I'm carrying out this interview right now, I'm actually in the dark. I don't have electricity at home. Okay. So these are the same things that, <laughs> that, 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 that are coming out from communities. What do you want us to do? Exactly. We need the firewood to cook. We need, but then at the end of the day, it's, it's not our mandate to provide energy as Forestry Commission. Our mandate mm -hmm. is to protect our forests and forest resources. So we'll keep on doing that. Uh, we know that... Uh, livelihoods can be impacted by us wanting to carry out our mandate but at the end of the day we also have to deliver we have to earn our earn our living through our mandate so oh, to speak all right <laughs> so in terms of the success of uh, to, to to answer your question the success cannot really be achieved because we still have those other challenges that we are dealing with where people are citing their livelihood issues and uh, is there also impact on our mandate? Right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask, you know, every time we talk about uh, firewood, charcoal, there's always an aspect of illegality. Most of the people who are selling are not selling it uh, legally. So I wanted to ask, where do we get firewood that uh, people attain sustainably, or where can we get charcoal that is, that is attained sustainably? As far as charcoal is concerned, to answer the, that question first, uh, we don't have any legal ways of getting charcoal in Zimbabwe. We cannot produce charcoal in Zimbabwe. The laws don't permit because uh, in uh, producing charcoal, you're actually cutting down trees. Right. 
So the Forest Act has a law against the cutting down of trees for any reason. So to answer the question of charcoal, there is nothing legal. There is no way there can be any legal standing as far as charcoal production in the country is concerned. And then to answer the question of firewood, we have people that are clearing, um, you know, land maybe for agriculture purposes, people with, who would have attained farms and all that. What we then do as Forestry Commission is we offer inspection services where we go and look at where the areas they need to clear for agricultural purposes. They are then given permission to cut down those portions of, of land that they want to utilize. So when they've cut down trees, obviously those are trees that can be used for other purposes, but they also have to get timber movement permits. Like for instance, if somebody is um, cut down trees in Goromonzi, the farm is in Goromonzi, they want to take the wood into Harare for sale, they need them to get timber movement permits, which in a way are a way of monitoring that this wood is coming from an inspected source and it is not poached. So we have checks and balances along the way so that we know where the, the, the firewood is coming from and where it is going so that we don't have then people taking advantage of, uh, you know, maybe permits that would have been given to go and cut elsewhere. So, yes, there could be some, some trading licenses that are offered in, in, under such circumstances, but uh, it's not given to everyone every day. It's different circumstances that uh, are considered when issuing out those. Okay, so so just to make this clear, any charcoal being sold in Zimbabwe is illegal. It is illegal one because I know people are citing that no, we are bringing our charcoal from Zambia, mm. uh, we are getting our charcoal from Malawi and things like that. Uh, we would also want to know how uh, the charcoal got into Zimbabwe because then there are the Zimra issues. Mm. Did they come through customs or they smuggled it in? So that's another area in itself that needs investigation. I'm sure that one is a Zimra issue mm. if a person is purporting to have brought the charcoal from Zambia. But we also know that there are people who are taking advantage that, uh, especially I can cite Muzarabani, because of their close proximity to Mozambique, mm. they would just uh, produce charcoal from this side and then claim that, no, we, we, we got it in Mozambique. So for us to actually be sure that we don't you know, see that the, the, those activities going forward. We have a blanket uh, legislation that bars you know, charcoal production or charcoal trade, so to speak, mm. because uh, we know people, uh, they can take advantage of situations. And uh, as I've just cited the Muzarabani scenario, where the, we know that uh, there are charcoal production sites in Muzarabani, but uh, the people are claiming that the charcoal is coming from, from Mozambique. So there are also those issues that even if you're bringing it from Mozambique, is it coming into the country legally? Mm -hmm. So there's still the illegal aspect of it. So as, as far as we know, as Forestry Commission, whether you're saying you, you have brought it from Mozambique, if we find you, we confiscate. We we will not accept that it's, it has come from Mozambique because as far as we are concerned, charcoal production, charcoal uh, or trade in it in the country is illegal. Okay. So thank you, Violet, for clarifying on that issue. And also thank you for coming to the program. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure.
thank you for giving us such an insight into the importance of tree planting and, and clarifying on so many issues. You are welcome. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope I'll be back soon to discuss other issues uh, concerning the state of our forests in Zimbabwe. would love to have you back. And thank you again to all our listeners. Please don't forget to subscribe. Like and follow us on our social media pages. Our handle is EcoVZW on all platforms. Join us next week for another episode. I'm your host, Nosigelelo Kwaka.